0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now we're joined on the line by Ger Herbert, who is motoring editor with the Sunday Independent. Ger, good morning.
1: Good morning, Pat.
0: Lots of motoring news um, and electric, uh, hybrid and PHEV. um, If you look at them as a total cohort in terms of electric, it's quite up, isn't it?
1: It is electric sales, definitely are up. What's interesting, though, Pat, and I suppose this was to be expected, plug in hybrid sales are down. Now, they've been consistently rising for the past number of years, but remember, 2022 was the first year there was no grant offered on um, plug in hybrids, and we're seeing the impact of that. But definitely very, very strong sales for electric cars.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Which brands have done best in the first month of 2023?
1: Well, Toyota have been very strong, and so have Hyundai. In terms of electric cars, Hyundai, again, have both the best-selling car in the country and they had the best-selling electric car with the Ionic 5, and that was just ahead of their Kona, and the VW Four, so very strong sales for all of those. But Toyota have had, a, I mean, a very successful start to the year. They actually have four out of the top five best-selling cars. Uh,
0: what about uh, measures of economic activity, the man or woman in the white van or um, the trucker?
1: Yeah, van sales were up 10%, which is really good. And HGV registrations increased by over 50%. Now, these, as you say, are very good indicators of economic activity. So all that bodes well. And um, light commercial vehicles were up as well. So, you know, all of those signs are good.
0: Tell me about Tesla. I mean, uh, they were selling well, uh, although not in the the top three best-selling electric cars. But there's been a price cut.
1: Yes, yeah, so in the middle of January, Pat, they decided to globally cut their prices by 20%. So what it did in Ireland was it, it reduced some of the prices down below the SEAI threshold. So it meant significant um, um, price cuts for models in Ireland. So the Model 3 now starts at 44990 and the Model Y at 46990 So that's kind of that kind of... You know, that threshold of 50,000, it's below that now. So I'm hearing anecdotally that this has had a huge impact on sales. But again, Pat, it'll, be, it'll depend on Tesla, you know, actually delivering those cars before we'll see an impact in terms of, you know, sales mm. figures for Tesla in Ireland.
0: Now, you may not know the answer to this, but where are the Teslas that we drive in Ireland, where are they built?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I know they do have factories in Europe, so I assume they're coming from Europe. I know they do have Mm. factories in China as well. I uh, would assume Europe.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering whether they're afflicted by the chip shortage that is uh, industry-wide.
1: Yeah, Tesla have always been very smart about that, though, because they've been actually able to tailor what they use much more quickly to the market. So they haven't been as impacted as other car companies. Now, they have been impacted, but they have been much faster to respond to that shortage and act on it very earlier. So therefore, they didn't have quite the impact that other car companies did.
0: Now, Ford has responded to Tesla in the US and they're going to cut the prices of the Mustang Mach-E, which is available in Europe as well.
1: Yeah, but they're not. They have said that they won't be. They have no plans to cut prices in Europe. So it'll be interesting to see what impact this Tesla price cut will have because it's certainly targeting rivals and it'll certainly make rivals think twice. But as you say, Ford have responded in the US, but not in Europe.
0: Now, uh, other Ford news uh, I'm not sure if you're a fan of motorsport but Ford are going back in they're going to be uh, supporting Red Bull uh, with all sorts of advice on technology from 2026 Uh, that will replace Honda as the the engine partner for Red Bull but uh, let's move on to another glamorous name Ferrari And uh, you expect maybe the pandemic and all the inflationary problems to hit Ferrari, but.
1: No, it hasn't happened. The rich, it seems, are getting richer. Yeah, Ferrari delivered record results in 2022. In fact, in China, sales rose by 73%, in America by 22 and even in Europe, they were up 8%. What's interesting about this, Pat, is remember that Rolls-Royce also had a record year in 2022, and they had the highest ever annual sales. So it's interesting how these luxury brands have really emerged from the pandemic very strongly in comparison to other car companies.
0: Now, uh, time was when pretty much every car we bought was uh, manufactured either by Ford in Cork or by uh, British Leyland, um, Britain Motors in Dublin. But basically, many of them uh, came from the the UK and British car production has fallen to its lowest, lowest level since the 1950s.
1: Yeah, 1956, it's at its lowest level and it's down by almost 10%. Now, I suppose it's been dogged by a number of things, Brexit mainly, but also over the last two years, a number of factories in the UK have closed and then there were several plants in the UK that were hit by supply chain problems, particularly BMW's mini plant. That was affected by the supply of wiring harnesses made in the Ukraine and obviously following the Russia's invasion, they weren't available. So overall, it's, yeah, they're, they're down considerably now and pre-Brexit, the production of, of cars in the UK would have been up at about 1 million. They would have produced about a million cars and imported about a million and a half. So, you know, to be producing only 775,000, that's that's a big drop.
0: Yeah, and Brexit, uh, part of the reason for all of that because of the import rules and regulations and so on. Um, now, I want to talk to you, if you don't mind, about hydrogen because in Asia there is... A, yeah, quite an amount of uh, hydrogen powered cars, and it's not just taking tanks of hydrogen and burning it uh, to produce heat and so on. It's actually using um, these hydrogen fuel cells. Can you explain?
1: Yeah, so basically I suppose Asia has always been betting on hydrogen whereas Europe hasn't and the Japanese and the Chinese have very um, ambitious targets for hydrogen cars. Now, to put it simply, the difference I suppose between electric and hydrogen cars, a battery electric car is powered by electricity that's stored in a battery and it's recharged whereas a hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicle produces its own electricity through a chemical reaction in the fuel stack and then the electricity then powers the motors for the wheels and the only emission is water vapour. So on paper they sound like the perfect solution and to all of our transport problems. They can also be filled as quick as a fossil fuel equivalent and they offer similar distances.
0: So, uh, attractive on the face of it, but the downsides uh, are, number one, you'd need a, a hydrogen fuel network around the place um, before the manufacturers will make the cars and no one will invest in a fuel network until the cars are there.
1: Yeah, it, this is the hydrogen chicken and egg problem really because it's a very, very costly network to install. As you say, individuals and companies are not going to do it unless the state moves in and there's no, there's no demand for it without the cars. So yeah, it, it, that is really the big thing at the moment. It'll require huge planning and huge investment and nobody's willing to do that at the moment without the cars. But as I said, the approach in uh, China is quite different but in Europe we've been very slow and most car manufacturers are quite divided. Again, the Japanese brands are very much and um, towards electric or towards hydrogen cars, but very few of the European car makers are uh, really fans of, of hydrogen cars.
0: Yeah, uh, if we get a you know a terrific abundant uh, source of cheap energy, you know all this wind we're told with the Saudi Arabia of wind, and we'll be talking about that after eleven on the program. Uh, if you get an abundant uh, source of electricity, then you can produce your hydrogen. Very cheaply and therefore you can afford the efficiency losses that uh, result in, you know, breaking down water into hydrogen, then using hydrogen in a fuel cell. It's a highly inefficient process, only viable if the initial electricity is really cheap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I'd still, I mean, I, I remain unconvinced that it'll work for passenger cars. I think we'll see it in, you know, buses, in vans, in trucks. I think it'll, it'll sort of be heavy-duty vehicles we'll eventually see hydrogen providing a solution for. As I said, I'm, I'm still a sceptic when it comes to passenger cars.
0: All right, Ger, thank you very much for joining us. Ger Herbert, who's a motoring editor with The Sunday Independent. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m on News Talk.